Welcome to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. I am your host, Marsha Van Weinsberg. I'm a business coach, speaker, and author of the best-selling book, When She Stopped Asking Why. On this podcast, we will use the tips, tools, and strategies used by myself and our speakers to break through and overcome the challenges in our lives. When we take radical responsibility of our choices, create boundaries, grow our courage and practice self-care and letting go of what isn't ours to control, we can completely change our stories. When we take full ownership of our stories, we take back our personal power and this allows us to impact, serve and support others by showing them that they are not alone and helping them find freedom from their stories. When you own your choices, you truly own your life. Let's dive in. Welcome back to the show. Today, we are diving into more talk on shame. We just had a podcast go last week and shame, vulnerability, all of the pieces along that line are topics that I've spoken about many times on this show. But as we start to talk more about shame and releasing shame, which was last week's topic, I've had a lot of questions because people like, okay, great. That sounds great. But how do I do that? What does that look like? How do I move from shame? To vulnerability. So I decided to dive into this topic even more. So today we're going to continue the topic of shame and shame is this feeling that, you know, um, not that I am bad, that I've done something bad. Like I am not, it's a story that I don't want others to know. I don't want people to know that I'm not perfect. I don't want people to know that I've struggled with X, Y, and Z. I don't want people to know that I struggle with this self-worth story. Have you ever met somebody who is so overtly, like just with their energy kind of in your face, very much proving to everyone, you know, what that, what they're saying is right. A lot of times people who are that overt or that protective with their shell are so scared internally of being seen. And I, you know what I, for years, I was the fighter. Like I know I've shared it on the show before, but such a fighter that I didn't want people to see that I didn't feel like I had all my shit together inside or that this perfectionist cover that, what do you mean? I, I can't, I just didn't want people to see that side of me because I was afraid that they would judge me. And what happens is that when we feed the shame stories, no matter how small they might feel to you, it's all relative. Our shame stories are all relative. They have the power because we give them the power. The more we don't use our voice, the more we hide in our stories, the more we feed that shame, we are not feeding ourselves. And the shame is just gaining this power and it's becoming this beast that is growing Because we are feeding it. We are the ones that are feeding it. And somebody said to me last week on a podcast interview that was so powerful. I don't know if I'll be able to to justify it well, in the sense that when we are hiding in shame, it is like we are feeding it. We are like giving it. Imagine it's this big weed that is growing inside and we are giving it all of the right environment and the tools in order to keep growing. But this shame then holds onto our subconscious and we feel this continuing sense of like, oh my gosh, I am wrong. I am not good. All of these pieces. And we're letting that weed grow out of control. And so then when we feel like, God, I wish I just didn't feel this way. We are the ones feeding it. We are the ones that are giving it that environment to grow. We are the only ones that can change it. We're the only ones that can change the power that we're giving that shame story. So today I want to talk a little bit about 
How are we feeding it? How are we, how do we not want to feed it? How are we giving it a voice? How can we learn how to heal that shame story and support ourselves through the healing process and find our way to vulnerability? Like vulnerability is like this bridge that we can get to for continued healing. You can't just say, like, it's a big buzzword still. You can't just say, well, you have to learn how to be vulnerable to build connections. Well, if a person has lived in a shame story for a long time and has felt super isolated, you can't just show up one day on social media and be vulnerable and expect that it's 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 all cleared up. That's not how it works. So what I want to do first is talk about like those shame stories, what we deem as shame, how it keeps us stuck and isolated and paralyzing in our lives. It blocks us from people, experiences, and opportunities. And how can we change this story when we are embracing healing? So for myself, because I'm a storyteller, storytelling business coach, this is what I do. I share stories is for myself, I learned this firsthand when I was in this space of dealing with teen substance abuse and mental health in our family that I was not, I've had people ask me all the time, were you ashamed of your kids? Truth be told, no, I was actually more ashamed of myself because as a recovering perfectionist, and I'm always a recovering perfectionist, I was, I figured I had failed at the one job that I had, I was here to do the one job. I was here to be a mom. That's what I was meant to be. And I'm giving it everything I have. And no matter what I'm doing, I just felt like I was failing over and over and over. And I was, I was embarrassed by that. Like how could, what mom can't fix the situation because it's like this inherent contract that we signed that we're here to make sure everything goes smoothly with our kids at all times. Well, that's just not even realistic. That's just not how that works. So I had to learn that I was the one feeding that shame story. And when people would come at me or say certain things, I found myself just shrinking and shrinking and shrinking. And when we are shrinking, we carry that armor and we block ourselves from others because we think that the shield is going to protect us. But what happens is that we get super small underneath that armor. And we feel like, okay, now I'm protected. Nobody can see me. But I remember the day literally when it was like, okay, now no one can hurt me with their comments. No one can say anything with their comments, but damn, am I ever alone right now? I am so alone. No one's here. I don't even know who to reach out to. And, and a big, and we still have our problems. So this was not a solution. It actually didn't fix our problems at all. It just made me feel more isolated, which if we go back to the beginning definition of shame, only feeds the shame. It only feeds the shame. It only keeps you isolated even longer and feeds the shame. That is not the solution. So how do we, how do we shift this? We do have to look at what are we feeding? What is that shame story? What are we saying that is and being real and calling that out. So for me, I felt ashamed and felt that as a mom, I had, I had failed, I had failed. And so I had to learn how to go through the steps of like healing my past stories of what I believed a mom was here to do, healing my emotions, my responses, not reacting to everything that happened around me, but learning how to respond to what was happening. How could I own my own choices? Like that was a big part in healing this shame story. No, no word of a lie. How could I own my own choices? How could I take radical responsibility for myself? How could I forgive myself? 
And I did, I had to go through a whole process of forgiving myself. And since I want to be vulnerable and real with you here, for me, I was in this space of, okay, I I could, I wanted to forgive my kids. I, I really did, but I couldn't find a way to do it. And that's because every single relationship we have stems with the relationship we're building within ourselves. And so for me, I couldn't forgive anyone else until I learned how to forgive myself. That was a tough one. So I did a lot of work on forgiveness and a lot of writing, a lot of journaling, a lot of coaching and supporting on forgiveness until I could learn how to forgive myself for what I felt was my fault. We're not going to get through this lifetime without forgiveness. We're just not. Well, let me correct that. We can, but boy, it's very isolating and shallow and no depth and a lot of pain and hardship. No, thank you. I don't want to do that. I've already done that. So forgiveness is part of the process that we're all here for. And as I said to a client today, it's like, how can you look back at all the things that you've come through and see that actually I, I had to walk through that in order to learn something about myself. And one of the exercises I take um, some of my clients through is go back and look at those situations. Like if I could ask you for what were the most challenging experiences you walked through and you listed five of them, now break those five down. How can you look at it differently? How has that shaped you into being who you are today? How has that made you the person that you are? And not apologize for it but embrace that it's part of you. So going through that path of forgiveness, like, and I didn't expect the show to go here, but when, as I share this, I think back to, you know, if I look at, we lost a child at when I was 32 years old and I had a lot of embarrassment and frustration and pain. And I just kept feeling like my body was failing me over and over. And when that happened, like we were 20, almost 22 weeks when that happened, I had to forgive my own body for what it had gone through. But when I looked back, like that was the warning sign that turned a lot of things and really helped me to take even better care of my health and become an advocate for my health, which then fast forward led me to having a full hysterectomy at 38 because I pushed for that to happen. And then to find out afterwards that I might not have even seen 40 if that would have happened. So if you're still listening, that's a lot of information I understand, but I want to share with you that as I'm moving from, I had a lot of shame around that story. I want you to go back and look at some of those difficult stories that you hold a lot of shame about and how can you add a different lens to it? How can you embrace forgiveness? How can you recognize that you would not be the person you are today if you had not walked through that story? How can you see that that story has actually made you who you are? That's how you start to embrace healing. That's how you start to move from shame. You start to not feed the shame story and feed yourself. And recognizing the story only ever has the meaning that you give it. It's it. Everything is neutral. Like it's all neutral. We are the ones that are flying off the handle and adding so much emotion to it that it feels like it's all blowing up at all times. And so... When you can learn how to heal those shame stories, you'll change yourself as a person. And that healing process can look a lot of different ways. I've done all kinds of things. I encourage you to really look into all the different things that are available from whether it is a gratitude practice to a 
um, to journaling, to meditation, hypnosis, NLP work, subliminals, EFT tapping, EMDR. There's all kinds of things and tools that you can use to help you to heal those stories. So healing is actually first. I, I 100%, you need to recognize that story and then go through the steps to heal and support yourself, support your subconscious mind, because that is how we continue to get to move forward, right? We can't push through. I know I've tried. We can't push through and like just become this machine that pushes through. It's like, yeah, I'll do it and I'll make it happen. You can't push through. There's no strategy that works when your mindset is in this space and it needs the support and it needs that when that mindset needs support, you have to be in this space of allowing yourself to heal and to work through that and not muscle it, right? There's no strategy that you can apply to a mind that doesn't believe that it's possible. Ooh, that's a big one. There's no strategy that you can apply to a mind that doesn't believe that it's possible. So if you deep down don't believe that any of your desires that tap you on the shoulder are for you to bring to life, then I can't give you any strategy. You can have a seven-figure coach drop in and give you a strategy to move forward. It won't matter because you won't see it and you won't believe it. So your belief and what you believe about what is possible for your own life drives the wheel. It drives the wheel at all times. So committing to the healing process and finding something that works for you is a way to move from shame. And when you do that, what also happens is you help to find your own voice. And when you find your voice, you start to build confidence in your voice. You start to trust your voice. You start to believe in your voice. You start to hear and see that your voice is actually reaching people. It's, it's a ripple effect that happens. But again, you have to go first. You have to go first. It's the only way that this happens. So you, as you embrace that and really trust that process, you start to heal that shame story. Then you start to build the confidence in your voice. You start to use your voice and you start to build that feedback loop that, wait, this is working. And I remember this time where it was like, I was sharing my story to help others, but truth be told, it was helping me to heal. There's no question. It was helping me to heal. The more it helped me to heal, the more confidence I had in my voice, the more confidence I had in my voice, the more I shared it. And the more I shared it, the more it reached the people that it was meant to help. And then that only continued to help me to heal, to show up. So you go first, you're always going first and you have to heal yourself in order to help others. You cannot do any of this work without committing to your own process first. You can, but it's short-lived. It's not going to have sustainability. So healing yourself first recognizing, calling out that shame story, going through the process of healing what you're doing will help you to change the story. And then that will start to take you to like learning how to be more vulnerable. So vulnerability is a method to release shame because we are giving shame a voice and we are determining who has earned the right to hear our stories. This is the path to connection. The more we can learn how to trust our voice and use our voice, and share our stories with the people who have earned the right to hear our stories, that allows us to build connection with people that are meant to be in our lives. Because we go first, they can see us, and we then give them permission to heal as well. 
This is the next thing. And I'm going to dive into, this is going to continue to another episode where I talk more about vulnerability, but as Brene Brown says, vulnerability is, I love this definition, uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. It's, it is exposure. It's scary. It's scary to be seen. It's that unstable feeling we get when we step out of our comfort zone and do something that forces us to lose control. It feels like, oh my God, we're out of control, which we never are in control, but it's this really glaring light that we are out of control. This is the path to building connections to each other. And if you are brand new to vulnerability, it's really scary. I get it. I was, I remember being so scared, but if I go back to the beginning of the episode where I was underneath that shield, when you're underneath that shield, it has to become scarier to stay there than it does to try to build some connection with others. That's the piece of it. How can you embrace that vulnerability piece and allow yourself to be seen? Because all of a sudden, your message might land with that one person who is waiting to connect to you and hear your story. And then all of a sudden, you give them permission to what is possible. How would that feel? Like, just stop for a second. Imagine how that would feel. To allow yourself to move away from shame from the shame stories you've held on to, to then shift towards healing and then to embracing vulnerability. And as we start to embrace vulnerability, this is where I believe ownership comes in. And I, this is just, I'm not a scientist. I'm just sharing what has worked for me and the clients that I've worked with over the last couple of years. But this is really powerful. When you start to embrace vulnerability, the connections are beautiful. So every time I get really scared, like even now it's sharing some of the things I've shared in this episode, I stop and do a check-in and I invite you to do the same. Look back in your life for proof that when I took this path that was really scary, this incredible thing happened. So right before I get afraid of sharing vulnerability with you, what I stop and remind myself is who is in my life today that would not be here if I didn't embrace vulnerability back then. And that's easy because it's literally everyone. I'm not joking. It's literally everyone that's in my life now, clients, people that I get to connect with every day is because I decided to allow myself to be seen and embrace vulnerability. And has it had its moments where it's been scary and hasn't felt good? For sure. hundred percent it has, but it's a thousand times better than being underneath that shield. Honestly, you couldn't pay me to go back to that. You just could not. I have no desire to ever go back to that shield again. And it is my life mission to continue to help people to learn how to move away from that shield and allow themselves to be seen. You deserve it. There are people in your life who are praying for solutions you are holding on to. And if you want to take it one step further, who in your life is going to be affected by you not showing up? Who is not going to receive the benefits when you choose to continue to hide? And when you start to paint that picture, it's like it has to become scarier to stay underneath the shield than it does to move. I'd love to know how this lesson, how this lesson, I feel like I'm teaching, how this podcast hits for you. Um, I'm going to dive a little bit more in next coming episodes about vulnerability and how this is an important piece when it comes to writing and rewriting our stories. Because I do work with a lot of authors and um, people who are sharing their stories. This is a huge piece of it, honestly. And if this is something that speaks to you, I help support authors in collaborative books as well as in solo books. So reach out and connect. 
But either way, I want you to know, like you can move from your shame story anytime you decide. You just got to decide to stop feeding it and then start taking the path forward to embracing vulnerability. And that's where change is going to start to come. And you're going to blow your own damn mind. I promise you. Have an incredible day. Thank you so much for all the shares, the loves, the um, DMs, the messages. It means the world to me. You continue to help me to spread this message even further. So grateful for you. Thank you so much for tuning in to the Own Your Choices, Own Your Life podcast. If you love this episode, please submit a rating and review on iTunes and please share it with someone you think could benefit from hearing this message or this podcast. I love connecting and meeting you. So please screenshot the episode and tag me on social media or Instagram stories at Marsha Van W. And until next time, remember when you own your choices, you truly own your life.